Welcome to the 10th Region Weekly, the Stay Hot Podcast. Alongside me, Evan Dennison, and we're going to discuss tonight the uh, 10th Region Tournament, also as well as recapping the district tournament. And Evan, we talked about last week uh, our predictions and pretty much what we said held true as far as there was only one really district final that was really competitive. You know, Campbell County is not the same team they were early in the year. Um, they just manhandled Bishop Rossert. This, you know, I'm not I'm not surprised the result. I am surprised, however, the margin. And then, um, you know, the Harrison-Robertson County game was close for about a half, and then Harrison did what they needed to do. And then, you know, Clark put up 101 points through three quarters against Paris, which I don't know if I've seen an explosive uh, offense like at the high school level. But um, And then the Mason-Bracken game was competitive, in which we kind of expected that. But let's start in the 37th. Um, you know, Campbell, we talked with Coach Russell a couple weeks ago, and, you know, we talked about how they were going for their ninth straight um, district championship. And no matter what kind of season they've had in the regular season, no matter what their record is, it seems like this time of year the Camels are playing their best basketball, and this year is no different. All right, before we get into it, what was your record? I went 10-2 and two in the picks. The two I missed were I picked Scott over Brossert. I think we both had agreed on that. And then I also missed uh, Paris over Montgomery, which I was so close to picking, but I just missed out. And I, I know we two. And then I think you had Bracken over Mason. So you you probably went nine and three. I was ten and two. And the only reason you brought that up, because, you know, you were one game better than me. So, uh, <laughs> um, And I think if you looked at Twitter earlier, I'm already taking applications for a new co-host since you forgot about the Stay Hot podcast. You know, granted, I've not received any of those applications in my DM yet, so you might just be able to stay on by default. But, yeah, and, I, you know, I told a lot of people that week, too, that I was going to pick Paris. Uh, I remember me and you discussing it. I said Paris was playing better. Um, you know, Montgomery had struggled all year long, but I think when it came down to it, me and you decided that being on Montgomery County's home floor was a deciding factor. And then – you know, Montgomery up 19 points late and Paris coming back to win that game is just, you know, that's something that those Paris kids will be able to talk about for a long time. Now, granted, you know, you win that game and then you get a date with the number one team in the state who's clicking on all cylinders. But, you know, beside the point, you're going to the regional tournament and, you know, they can say they've earned it. But, yeah, I went nine and three and I wasn't going to bring that up because I knew I was one game short. But thanks for starting off on a sour note. <laughs> So I'm here for PK, but yeah, back to, you know, Russell and the Camels, you know, 11 straight wins going into region. Now it's nine straight district titles. And, you know, in that district, that's, that's a very impressive feat, you know, because Scott annually usually has a solid program. Bishop Rossert, obviously, you know, an all a power and, uh, you know, even recently Calvary Christian hasn't been the easiest of outs. Um, so, you know, just that run of impressiveness and they're, they're peaking at the right time. You know, that they've got uh, Garen Jackson in the lineup now. He's a freshman point guard, and ever since he's been in the lineup, they've been on a tear. Um, they kind of found him, get his groove in that Mason County game back in early January. Then, you know, Coach Russell was on the podcast with us, said he inserted him into the lineup, and it seems like they've really kind of caught on since. So, you know, they're a hot team. And, um you know, going in, you know, going in, I mean, just the way they dominated, you know, you figured Calvary Christian would have given them a closer game. They ended up winning by 40 plus and then Brossert, you know, they went by 43 and it just shows you like what level they're on right now. And, you know, a very dangerous team. It just seems like um, coach Russell knows what buttons to push and, 
you know, how to make them click at the right time. And that just attributes to, you know, the success that man has. And, um, you know, we as coaches, sometimes on the sideline, we get feels and we get, you know, we make these decisions based on feel. And, you know, a lot of times we have probably a 50-50 success rate or maybe a little higher, a little lower. It seems like he's more on the 90-10 success rate, you know, when he makes these decisions. And, you know, at Campbell County, you've got to be a talented player to start at the point position as a freshman. Um, you know, and, you know, a lot of coaches wouldn't be mentally tough enough, myself probably included, to lose some of the close games they lost early on, to have a losing record for some of the season, and then still be able to, you know, stay the course and then rattle off 11 straight, including your ninth straight district, you know, championship leading into the regional tournament. Just I'm not so sure a lot of coaches could have that, you know, that, that mental fortitude to be able to stay strong at a school in a program like Campbell County, you know, when you're losing all those close games, just to know that, hey, you know, we still have the ability to turn it around. And, you know, Coach Russell does it year after year after year. And um, like I said, the only thing that surprised me about this district was the margin of victory against Brosser. Because if I remember correctly, the regular season game, um, a lot more competitive than, you know, 40-plus. So, um, it's just <laughs> – you know, what he does year after year is just amazing. That, the last decade, you know, it's just so impressive uh, what they've done and, you know, even how close they've been. They, You know, with four region titles in that span, it, it could easily be six when you factor in basically two buzzer-beating losses in the uh, 2017 10th region final and, and then last year with, with GRC. So, Jerome Morton hits a layup, you know, right at the buzzer – Four seconds left. They were down one inbounds play, and you know he takes off and scores. And it's just amazing that the run and the, you know it, it's a it's a program. You know they establish kids. You know through their feeder programs. You know these kids get you know the, the expectations are already there and set for them to where anything that that's under that those kids kind of start feeling you know like they're a failure. And you, when you start setting standards like that, it's it becomes a program and a standard. And, it's just impressive how they develop players and how much better those kids get too over the years. Like, well, and one thing I know, Coach Russell, take, say it again. A, I'm sorry. They don't, they don't start a senior. Wow. Well, I told you all, and I've said it on multiple podcasts when I played them last year. He told me he felt like this year's sophomore bunch when they were seniors. You know, they're juniors now, I guess. Right. Uh, so when they're seniors, years. they'd have a legit chance to win the regional tournament and. Um, he stands by that, and I think I asked him about it when he was on the podcast, and he still stood by. But, you know, the thing that's impressive about him is in this day and age to where so many people transfer out and so many people transfer in, I don't think they've had people leave the program or people come into the program that I'm aware of. Usually when you're talking about transfers and, you know, people leaving or entering programs, Campbell County is usually one team that you don't hear a lot about, like you said. They develop them from their feeder school on. You know, they truly run a program. You know, a lot of schools probably should base their program after a Campbell County, where I'd say Eric Russell probably has a lot of say in their middle school program, all the way down to their elementary program, where they're learning terminology, learning just, you know, basic fundamentals of their offense and defense to where by the time they reach middle school, they have a good understanding. Then by the time they enter high school as a freshman, they probably know the system. And, you know, it shows. And, you know, I wasn't aware they didn't start a senior, and that makes it probably, you know, that much more amazing. But um, 
you know, I enjoy watching Coach Russell's teams play. They're disciplined, and um, they just – I mean, they're fun to watch because they're disciplined and because they execute. You can tell when he puts in a game plan and they're out there playing that they're executing that game plan to a T. And, um, you know, four regional t- – it's hard to win one regional title, let alone four. And like you said, very easily could be six. Yeah, it's an amazing run. I mean, they're like you know, like like we said, they're a dangerous team going in. Uh, I think they got a pretty pretty good draw. I mean, obviously we'll talk about our region matchups a little later, but um, I think they're set up nicely here to you know, I I, I think they can get to another region final, and um, you never know in a one game situation with, with with Russell and you know they were the team to basically give GRC the closest. Um, 10th region matchup this year. Now they caught him maybe at the right time, the first game of the season, but I think GRC ended up winning by 11. So, you know, they battled with them all game. I think it was about a six to eight point game there in the third and fourth quarters. So it was a close game. So, um, and, and I'd almost think that region final yet, but I'm just saying, I, I think they're set up for a good spot. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, what, what else can you say about the Camels other than, you know, they're, they're, they're a hot team going in right now. Right. And, um, you know, Brossard, you know, probably, you know, by looking at the score, it looks like they ran into a buzzsaw. Or, but, you know, Brossard had to beat a very good Scott team to get there. And, you know, Bishop Brossard, it's probably been a few years since they've been to the regional tournament. So they'll be making their first trip in several years and definitely their first trip under Coach Scott Code, I believe. So I know back in, was it 20, I think, yeah. is when Brossard – yeah, they they played you all. I'm not. I didn't yeah, we don't that. have to talk. We don't have to talk about that game. You're the one who brought it up, so we don't have to talk about that game. But I'm glad, you know, I'm, not the, I'm, glad I'm not the one that brought it up. <laughs> if you would have brought it up, you definitely would have been fired as co-host. But uh, no, um, I've talked to Mike. Uh, Mike and Scott Code are two guys that have been good friends to me. <laughs> We've talked about the game, and you know, Ethan Eilerman was one of my favorite players to coach against because he was just such a nice high school player who made his teammates better, and you know. We didn't execute what I asked him to do in the timeout, and he made us pay, and that just hats off to them and, you know, the execution of that team. So, you know, when you lose to somebody on good execution and a well-coached team, it's hard to be bitter and upset. You hate it for your guys, but, you know, you know, that's basketball, and there's been games where I've won that way, and, you know, if you coach long enough, you'll be on both sides of, you know, the coin. But, um, but yeah, Brossert, you know, making it back and, you know, you know, we'll talk about their draw too, but they played Mason County tough just several weeks ago. So they can't be upset with their draw, but um, on to the uh, 38th. And, you know, we kind of felt like, you know, and I think we talked about this in week one, how Harrison County was probably the uh, preseason favorite and the dominant team to win that district. And that proved to be true. They didn't lose a district matchup all year. And I think their district average margin of victory was 30 plus. Um, you know, um, Pendleton County is probably the one who um, suffered the most by that coin flip. You know, they, them and Nicholas County split, and the coin flip allowed Nicholas to play Robertson, and then Pendleton had to go face that juggernaut. And, you know, hats off to Sam Ellsburn and Pendleton. They were up one point at the half and, you know, probably gave Harrison their best game of the district tournament there in the first round. But, uh, you know, Harrison just proved their dominance and pulling away there, I think, went about 20-plus. And, you know um, – and I watched the Robertson-Nicholas County game, and that's probably the best game Robertson had played all year. They got multiple people involved. 
They um, passed the ball well, moved the ball well. Um, Coach Wright had another good game plan to kind of slow Justin down, and Justin did a really nice job of finding Burden and Pulaski, who both were hitting shots. And, you know, even Noah Bustle got a career high that day. But, uh, you know, John Wright's – John Michael Wright's at Nicholas is probably one of the few coaches who has had success in game plans to kind of – I'm not going to say stop Becker, but slow him down. And a lot of times he trusts his guys, and he'll put two or three on him, and trust for the rotations and so forth. But uh, Robertson probably played their best game of the year against Nicholas and um, to where they had to meet up with Harrison in the finals. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. And then just to make sure, Nicholas, didn't they have the three seed because they beat uh, Robertson on that buzzer beater? Is that right? I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. Yes. I, I, I was confused because I, I didn't know if Pendleton had won another district game. Um, no, my that's you're right. That's my fault. Um, I think no. I had my mind that week leading up to it that if, you know, Robertson beat Nicholas, it would be a flip. And then mm-hmm. I remember Nicholas playing. But, um, you know, and I can tell you this, and um, Coach Massey all week long was very nervous about Nicholas County. And um, they had some success, like I said, of slowing Justin down. And he felt like his team played better against Pendleton County in both regular season matchups. He actually wanted to play Pendleton County on their home floor. And I was the one that kept saying, no, you don't want that. You want to play Nicholas County on a neutral floor. And, you know, it just happened that way. Um, he wasn't very happy about losing that game to Nicholas County because he really wanted, you know, Pendleton County because he thought his team matched up better and played better against them. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, Pendleton in, in their first-round game, you know, up one and a half, it, it just kind of showed how deliberate they were, and I think it's 21 to 20. So they, you know, slowed things down. I, I believe, you know, they brought Furnish out and made him guard on the perimeter, and that kind of helped them kind of work possessions over and, and slow the game down quite a bit. And then, you know, Harrison, I think, adjusted there. Coach Brooks made some good adjustments there in the second half, and, they had a huge third quarter. I think they outscored them 24 to eight or six or, you know, something of that nature to help pull away and then end up winning by 20 plus, like you said. And then you go back, go to the Robertson Nicholas game and, you know, Robertson, I mean, their supporting cast that game. I, I think we said last week they needed to score at least 30, 30, 30 plus points. And, you know, Becker would get his average and they surpassed that. I mean, they had three others and double figures. And like you said, Noah bustle with a career high with eight and just an all around good game for those guys. And, um, you know, it gave them a lot of confidence, I thought, going into the Harrison County game for the district championship. And, you know, I thought Justin did a great job of keeping them in it early, you know, hitting, you know, a couple perimeter shots with, you know, a, three different defenders that guarded him in the first half. And Richard Harris, J.D. Kendall, and Smiley out on the wing. And, uh, you know, he did a good job. And I thought the second quarter he tried to get others involved because he had scored all 11 points in the first. And then – uh just some shots weren't falling for him that night compared to Wednesday night when they were against Nicholas. And, you know, I asked coach Massey after the game, if he wished, you know, some of those would be saved for Friday night. And he's like, yeah, I guess you could say that, but you have to do whatever you can to even get to this game. And, you know, he made a good point with that. So they, they hung tough. It was an eight point game with about three, four minutes left in the third. And then Harrison went on a 21 to two run. Caden, Caden Custard kind of put his footprint in that game. And JD Kendall had, had the best game on the floor and, I think he finished with 22 points and was really lights out from the perimeter and really helped create that separation. Um, you know, like you said, Harrison was, you know, the most dominant team in that district by far. And <clears throat> they go in as a dangerous team in the region as well. They do. And, uh, you know, 
you mentioned Coach Brooks and the Pendleton County game making some adjustments at halftime, and he's one of the best at that. And, um, you know, just – and I watched him do it against Robertson too. You know, Will Furnish has stretches where he can be a really big factor on the offensive and defensive end. But when teams start bringing him out, Coach Brooks will go small and make him better a defensive-minded, you know, lineup. And, you know, he still has size on the floor with Harris and Kendall. And, um, but, you know, in that Robertson-Harrison County game in the finals where Robertson County make a little run to get it to eight or nine, it seemed like J.D. Kendall always hit a big shot. You know, he had a couple threes after Robertson hit threes to cut a date. He'd push it back to a double-digit game with a three. And um, J.D. Kendall deserves all the success he has. He, um, you know, I don't know last time he's played a full season. He's always been kind of injury-prone and had to miss games throughout the regular season. And I think this year he's just really starting to come into his own as a really good high school basketball player. And then, you know, they got the Swiss Army knife and Caden Custard who does a little bit of everything. He defends. He probably one of the best rebounding guards in the region. You know, he can score. He can facilitate. Um, he's just a nice – you know, a nice player and, you know, a nice point guard for Coach Brooks to have that can kind of – he can give the keys to his car to and say, here, you know, go on. And, um, you know, it was good to see Caden get voted second-team all-region by the Coaches Association because I really feel like his play on the court this year kind of, you know, justified him being second-team. And um, Back to the, you know, Coach Brooks and second-half adjustments. And I'd never seen him that animated on a sideline. He was very disappointed in the foul call. He thought Will was kind of getting beat up down low. Uh, you know, maybe Brady Boyd was being rather physical with him. But, you know, he kind of had an outburst there at, at the officials. And I, I thought the officials showed good restraint and not, and not ringing him up for a technical. Because you could kind of – you know when a coach is asking for one. You've been there before. When, you, when you're kind of just – you know it's coming, you know. And, and you keep going at it. And maybe you do it to kind of rile your team up. And I think that's what he did. And it, it – it got those guys fired up, and, you know, he even said after the game, like, you know, if, if I'm not going to fight for my guys, then why would they fight for me? So, you know, he wants them to be a spitting image of him, and, you know, if you go back to his playing days, if they ever get to be a spitting image of him, they'll be even more dangerous. They can buy in even more. So, uh, you know, a great second half for them there, and um, I think they're really looking forward to this rematch with Bracken County. You know, they lost to them uh, earlier in the season in Brooksville. It was a tight game to the fourth and then Bracken hit some free throws down the stretch to, to win it. So, you know, we'll, we'll obviously talk about that one later, but, you know, Harrison County goes in as a district champ. And um, I, I think, you know, they're, they're also a team that's very capable of making a region final. Yeah. And I think if you look at, uh, you know, Harrison County, just, you know, kind of look at them on paper, they've got all the necessary pieces to compete with every team in their bracket. They got size, um, they got quickness, they got length, they've got kids who can put the ball in the basket on the offensive end. They play really nice, you know, team defense and, you know, they've got depth. I just feel like they have a lot of pieces and I feel like they're another team that's clicking at the right time. If you remember, you know, Fleming County went into Harrison the last game of the regular season and I think Harrison 30 pieced them. And, and I think, Fleming County and Coach Biggs had a really nice season this year. I watched them play Augusta twice this year, and, you know, they manhandled Augusta twice. And, you know, Coach Biggs has that team where he likes to, you know, get long rebounds and push it up floor and transition. And even off makes, I've seen them make three passes and get a layup. The ball never hits the floor. So, um, 
for Harrison County to be able to um, kind of get the postseason started with a nice win like that, it just – that momentum just carried over. And, you know, I'm sure against Pendleton County, you know, Pendleton County came out early, um, just played really well and deliberate like you mentioned. But, you know, when you're the favorite going into – a district and all the pressures on you, it takes you a little while to get started. And, you know, being down one at the half, I'm sure, you know, Pendleton County and their fans were ecstatic, but, you know, like you said, coach Brooks's demeanor is always so calm on the sidelines. And if you watch his teams play with a lot of, you know, they don't really get rattled easily. You know, I think they've already kind of taken on his personality and, you know, the quote he said is one that we've all, all of us coaches have used, you know, and the only time I'd really get super animated on the sidelines where I'd want a technical is if I felt like, you know, I had to fight for my kids and, you know, I feel like they're out there giving blood, sweat and tears for the coaches. So us coaches need to fight for them. So, you know, kudos to coach Brooks for, you know, getting animated when he has to. And obviously it looks like it paid off because the breads went on a huge run and kind of put that game away afterwards. But, you know, I want to say something, you know, we've been critical, or I'm not going to say we because I don't want to throw you in this boat, um, but I've been critical at times of the officiating and, you know, the inconsistency of officiating. But I watched games from the 38th and 39th district this week, and I felt like um, the referees in both districts showed a lot of restraint. I think they let players show emotion. I think they let coaches show emotion. I know there's been some times in regular season when a player or coach shows emotion, their first instinct is to blow the whistle and give them a tee um, to kind of put a stop to it. But hats off to those guys because, you know, when I guess the stakes are the highest, kids are going to show the most emotion, whether it be a player, coach, whoever. And I saw players and coaches in the 38th, and I saw players and coaches in the 39th, you know, show a lot of emotion, get upset, whatever. And the um, referees kind of allowed him to do it. So hats off to those guys. They don't get much uh, credit for things, but uh, I really think they need to be commended on letting the, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that every call they made was a right call. I'm not saying that every call they made was a wrong call. I'm saying there were instances of where they could have kind of, I guess, put their stamp on it by teeing a player up or teeing a coach up, and they let him show emotion. And I wish they would do that more often in the regular season. But, you know, if they're going to do it, I'm glad they do it in the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a longer leash, the better for the game. And obviously when you're out of line, you know, things need to happen. But I, I think that's, a you know, a good philosophy to have as, a, as an official is, you know, maybe it would be a little bit more lenient in the postseason. And, I mean, they, they know where the stakes are. And they don't want to be, you know, the deciding factors of a, of a game. And, you know, I, I think it all comes to judgment and, you know, philosophy as you enter the game. and saying, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be a little bit maybe more tolerable than we were in the regular season and, and kind of maybe let something slide here or there. But uh, I, I do think, you know, uh, every game I was at, I, I can't really think of a moment where the officials lost control of the game or anything like that where, you know, things were in control and, you know, both sides kind of, you know, were, were, were called even. And they called it both ways. So, um, well, know, and that's all the and that's all the fans want in the tent. Call it both ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's not just the tents. That's everywhere. <laughs> they want an even foul count. That's all they care about. What's the foul is at? I get that asked me like probably once or twice a game or someone random. What's the fouls at? <laughs> well, right, they, let's go to the 39th, man, because I want to talk about that one. Obviously, that was the. Uh, do you want to save it for last since it's the most competitive? Um, or do you want to just go in order? Let's go. Let's just keep going in order. All right. <laughs> 
Thirty ninth. Let's do it. Uh, you know, great tournament. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, the defense of, of Mason County was the difference maker in both games. Really, uh, Augusta came out and punched them in the mouth. I mean, they took an 18-10 lead in the first quarter, and then things, uh, they, you know, they were up seven at half. Looked like everything was going their way. Um, and Mason County comes out 21-4 in the third. They outscore them. So they go from down seven to up 10 going in the fourth. And I think Augusta got it down to about five or six there in the fourth. But, you know, Mason, you know, they had enough to pull away. And their defense has just been next level uh, here, I think, over the past, I don't know, eight to ten games to where they've turned it up a notch on that end. Well, offensively, I still don't think they've, you know, fully clicked the way they've wanted to. But um, when you're doing things on the defensive end, sometimes that – offensive side it, it you know it, it turns into offense a lot of times when you're forcing turnovers and stuff like that and then uh you, you factor in Bracken um you know the, what they were able to do against St. Patrick took care of business quickly and it was 18-2 out of the gate and then uh, I got it to a running clock by the third and, you know kind of left no doubt there you know props props to the Saints and you know that some of those kids that hadn't played before and, and coming out and playing this year and Chase Walton had a great career finished with over 1,300 points and 800 rebounds. So, uh, you know, a, a good season for them where they increased their win total to five. And, and then, you know, you look at the final, Mason Bracken, man, what an atmosphere. Um, you know, I think they estimated roughly 3,500 people in the building, maybe give or take, you know, here or there. Uh, it, it, it seemed like more when you were in there, but, you know, obviously I couldn't see maybe behind, behind me um, or you know, over in the corners or whatnot, but, Great atmosphere, fun environment, and I just think, you know, the defense of Mason County kind of told the final picture again. Um, I know Bracken County didn't shoot it well like they normally do. You know, Blake Riedel even admitted he had an off night. Uh, I think he finished one of 12 from three. And uh, after Caden Reed kind of got going early, they kind of, kind of, you know, keyed in on him. And I thought Mason Butler's perimeter defense was terrific that whole tournament. And and drawing both basically, you know, Case and Henson and Blake Reed. And I think he held those two to under 30% shooting. I mean, you do that, those are two prolific high-level scorers in this region. So um, he was a big difference maker. And, you know, Terrell Henry in that championship game, 22 and 21, just a monster night. And, you know, as a kid, I, I think we just don't realize uh, maybe sometimes there's games where he's getting 14 and six, but – just the impact he's having elsewhere too. Whereas this game, you knew his impact no matter what. Um, 19 defensive rebounds he had in that game, 19. So he, he basically took everything away once it went up in the air. I mean, just a phenomenal stat there for him. And I think he was huge too in just alleviating Bracken's ball pressure because he was bring, like he would get the rebound and honestly – I'd say over half the time there, he'd be bringing the ball up the floor. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Bracken was trying to answer with either Deshaun Commodore or Austin Norton or, you know, maybe putting Peyton Gilvin on him or someone. But anytime, you know, he would just kind of bring them all out to the perimeter and, and create spacing that way. And I just thought he, he was magnificent that game. And KG Walton was a big X factor. He had 13 points off the bench. And, you know, Nate Mitchell was really steady in the first half. I think he finished with about 14 and had 10 of those in the first half. So a great atmosphere, a great game. Um, you know, Bracken obviously really wanted that one bad. And 
you know, Mason responded and answered, and they enjoyed that one. I mean, you, there's no doubt about it. They they enjoyed that one. Obviously, they're they're supposed to be there. They're they're the team in that district that's supposed to to hang those banners and, and put another number on the board. But uh, <coughs> this one, you can tell they felt a sense of relief and were happy to get. And the one, if I remember correct, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but last last week. I think you told me that Mason County's defense hadn't allowed greater than 65 points since Christmas break or yeah, since the last, the start of January. The last game um, was Bryan Station in the MCIT. They won that game like 89-85 or 89-87, something like that. I remember thinking when I saw the draw come out that that streak would end because I felt like Augusta and Bracken both were offensively gifted enough that they could score 65 against Mason County. Um, hats off to those guys because – um, they held Augusta and Bracken both in check offensively to where they made it uncomfortable for both teams. And um, and I think a lot of that starts with who you said, Mason Butler. Um, Mason's it's, – it's fun to watch him play. Um, he's probably my favorite player to watch play that doesn't put up 25, 30 points a game. You know, he impacts the game or the result of the game just with his perimeter defense and um, – he just makes you so uncomfortable. He's quick enough to where he anticipates where you're going and beats you to your spot. Um, he'll pick you up as soon as you catch the ball in the inbounds. And it seems like the kid never gets tired. And I tell you what, I thought he gave Mason County a, a pretty good offensive spurt there in the first quarter against Bracken. Got a couple quick buckets early on to kind of get him on the board and get him going. But, um, you know, Augusta, um, like you said, 29-22 lead at the half. Um and I felt like in the third quarter, it really showed how Mason County can really speed you up. I felt like Augusta got sped up. I felt like, um, you know, I think they probably took more threes in the third, first three or four minutes of the third quarter than maybe they took the whole first half. Um, they, they were rushed, and when they got the ball, they hurry up and try to get a shot off as quick as they could. And I not think only all three, the way- but not only threes, but some long twos, too. Like, just right. settling. Nothing at the rim, just settling. And I think it just, you know, and I think that was just because they got sped up. And, you know, that's ultimately what led to the 21 to 4 third quarter because it's not necessarily the shooting, it's the type of shots they shot. They just weren't high percentage shots. And, you know, anytime you got a Riley Maston, you know, who can score around the rim, um, I feel like you got to go in there to him. And, you know, I kept saying, get the ball into Riley. And I'd look out, and Riley was drifted out around the perimeter. And, um, it just seems like Mason County's defense just wore him down physically to where it caused a lot of mental mistakes. And, you know, once Mason County got the 10-point lead, I think Augusta cut it to six one more time. And then, you know, Mason County ultimately pulled away. And, you know, like you said, the district finals, it's been a long time since I'd seen the field house that crowded. Obviously, you know, it had to be before COVID. But, you know, that was a district final game, too. That wasn't a regional final. Obviously, the blue and white of Brighton County travels well. Obviously, Mason County has a large fan base. Then that district as a whole has a lot of average fans that we're going to show up and watch. And um, it's just um, Coach Kirk, you know, once again showed just – it just amazes me how – he doesn't seem to get rattled a whole lot on the sidelines when his team's not playing well, um, not making some shots. Um, Bracken County just, you know, Caden Reed's pull-up mid-range jumper kind of got them going. And, and like you said, 
Blake Reed, you know, struggled, but, you know, anybody who played basketball and who plays at a high level has had those off nights. It just happens. His happened to be in the district finals. And, you know, Blake's going to bounce back from that. I'd be willing to bet if I was Coach Brooks in Harrison County, I'd be a little concerned at the fact that he was one of 12 in the district finals because he's not going to shoot that poorly again in the region. Um, but, you know, we, we could sit here and do a whole podcast on Terrell Henry just because I don't feel like the kid gets talked about enough. I know we mentioned multiple times throughout the course of our shows that he was in the top three or four for player of the year. Um, but if I'm judging all the player of the year candidates based on the district tournament and I revoted his performance in the district finals would make me vote for him player of the year. Um, I thought Bracken County rebounded fairly well against, you know, Mason County early on. I felt like they had, and I think they ended up holding a rebounding edge overall. I think they out rebounded him by one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I could be wrong, but it just seems like, um, every big rebound that Mason County needed, Terrell Henry went and got. And they weren't easy rebounds. He's going from the weak side to grab it off the rim. He's coming from the top of the key. He's battling two or three people underneath and just ripping it away. Um, you know, but I listened to Terrell on the post game with Travis Skaggs on my way home, and that's one thing he said. He said, Coach um, Coach Kirk kind of challenged, challenged him to, you know, go get every ball. You know, and he not only took on that challenge, but he took it on full speed and head on because 19 defensive rebounds in a game of basketball, um, that has to be in the record book somewhere. Yeah, it's an impressive stat. It really is. And like I said, I thought he cemented himself as one of the top players in the region with his performance in the district finals. And, you know, I thought Caden Reed played well. Um but, you know, one thing I wanted to hit on, and I was watching it come up from a coach's standpoint, um, there's a lot of times when you go into the postseason, uh, coaches will change their game plans, they'll come up with a new game plan, try to throw a wrinkle in something that the other team's not aware of or maybe hasn't prepared for. Um, hats off to Coach Kirk in the district finals because I think he went by the philosophy of keep it simple. It seemed like he would run a set till he got the mismatch he wanted and then he would go 1-4. Um, Bracken County switches a lot of screens, almost every screen. I remember one time they switched, and um, I think Gilvin Tolley got switched up on Nate Mitchell. Kirk immediately stops and says 1-4, 1-4. Mitchell goes to the rim. Uh, next time they do it, whatever, 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 Terrell gets matched up on maybe Devontae or maybe they're Blake, or Blake and they go 1-4 and he creates – you know, gets to the rim and draws a defender, hits barely for a layup. I mean, you know, a lot of times we as coaches, we overcoach. And I think Brian Kirk does a really good job of not overcoaching and kind of coaching by the mismatches he has and the mismatches he creates. And I think it led to a lot of easy baskets. Yeah, I mean, one of the best coaching masterpieces I've ever seen was when they played Montgomery County at Montgomery County in the 10th region when he was at Augusta. He was at Augusta. You know, it, it, like you said, he would do that 1-4, one 1-4, four, one four, and they just, you know, found a mismatch, created it, and went after him. And uh, I think that they're going to be a dangerous team. You know, I keep saying all these dangerous teams, but, you know, Mason County, you know, you, you think of their season and they've kind of, you know, a little bit gone under the radar, I think. You know, when you talk about Clark and the resurgence that Bracken had and, 
I got tired of hearing that a little bit. And I know I've said that, said this throughout the, you know, the last couple of weeks and here they are uh, 23 and five going into the reason tournament. But, you know, I'm thinking as a player, you have to love playing for a guy that has that confidence in you that when you know you have a mismatch that he'll stop the play he's running and go one four and allow you to beat your man. Like he's got the confidence that if you can't beat your man, you can make a play for a teammate. And, you know, as a high school player, you know, you got to enjoy playing for somebody like that. Hey, he's got this belief in me. He trusts me. He's got confidence in me that I can get us a bucket or I can make the play to get us a bucket. Um, I just imagine that it's nice to play for a coach who's got that kind of confidence in their players. Yeah, I mean, that's got to give you that extra boost. And I think also just adding to that game, it's down to one there in the fourth, and Braylon Hamilton hits a huge three out of the corner, and that sparked an 8-0 run. So I thought that was like the big turning point maybe of that game where Bracken could have maybe took the lead there in the fourth. Things maybe change a little bit. Pressure starts to mount the other way. But uh, – well, you know, that was a big moment in that game, and I, I think you know, kind of helped them pull through. One other thing, too, um, you know, I think uh, you can make a case that Braylon Hamilton and KG Walton were as big for Mason County as anybody else was. Yeah, they probably don't win without Terrell's 22 and 21, but just you know, those two guys, and if you remember correctly, KG got a lot of his when they would find him the matchup to benefit him and he would take his man off the dribble and score at the rim. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, but the thing I think probably shocked me the most as a fan watching it was, um, the amount of free throws both teams missed by players that generally make free throws. Um, you know, I know Caden struggled and missed a few who usually shoots well. Same with Blake. I think Blake ended up maybe six of nine from the free throw line. I know Terrell missed like three of his first four, maybe three in a row to start. And that just kind of shows you just the uh, – maybe the um, – how important that game was to them. I think both teams came out and tried to play extremely hard. They both wanted that game for – multiple reasons i wasn't aware that mason county won 31 straight against bracken county um i wasn't aware of the history there but um you know bracken county wanted to win to kind of put the stake in the ground to show that hey we are back this is no longer mason county's district you know we are back we are able to beat them and then mason county wanted to kind of hoist the crown for another time to say, Hey, you go, look, this is still our district. If you want to be the best, you got to go through us. And, and I think both teams played extremely hard and I think that's what made for a fun game and a great atmosphere. But um, the free throws missed early on, I think it just kind of shows that, you know, the nerves and how important that game was to everybody involved. Absolutely. You know, just the stakes that were there and how many people were in the building and, you know, just reiterating all those points on just, how exciting of an atmosphere that was. And it's just great to see postseason basketball and, you know, get you, you know, even worked up even more for, for the upcoming week. And, um, you know, I, I think the last district will be a little bit easier to talk about because we, we knew who the clear-cut favorite was in Clark County and how dominant they were. And they left no doubt. And I think the game to talk about is the Paris-Montgomery County game where Paris was down 19, like we said earlier in the show. And, 48-34 after three quarters and came back and won. So a great uh, job for them. And I think anything from here for them is bonus basketball. I got a young team. Uh, you know, they're kind of led by an eighth grader. Malachi Ashford's had a good year for them. 
and uh, you know they're going to enter a region tournament and just playing with nothing to lose, house money, and you know, Clark, what can you say? 101 and three quarters in the in the district championship, end up winning 114 to 52. So just a, you know, an amazing basketball team that just doesn't seem to have any flaws right now. And you just got to wonder who's going to compete with them uh, here this upcoming week. Because uh, they're getting it from everywhere. I think, you know, the district championship for Sean Hampton, again, was their leading scorer, and he's their seventh or eighth guy, you know. So just a ridiculous amount of talent, and you got to figure out some way. And I think we've got great coaches in this region that will game plan and do everything they can to have their guys in the right positions to compete with them. But I think when it's all said and done, just how dominant they are, you got to – I don't know where there is a flaw. Now I was going. That's what I was going to ask you. And you know, first of all, like, uh, you know, congratulations to Coach Baker and you know Carrie Barr and you know Ivan Rice. Those guys that are longtime Paris supporters and Paris coach. That don't forget Puck, um, man. Come on. Oh, Puck, Puck, and oh yeah, uh, I love I love Puck. Puck still texts me occasionally, and but just you know, it's just nice for those guys who have kind of eat, sleep, and breathe Paris basketball for their whole life and, you know, get that opportunity of not only being down by 19 in the district semis, but down by 19 on the opposing team's home floor, just to be able to gain that momentum and um, get a little run together and sustain that run to where you take the lead and then able to make free throws down the stretch, kind of salt it away. And um, Paris has got great play from, you know, Malachi Ashford, the eighth grade, you said, but Jakari Ransom, who was uh, had several games this year that were just, you know, remarkable uh, performances. And then Cortavion Smith, who I think is kind of – once he came back, started playing for Paris, I think he was kind of the, the piece they added that kind of, you know, I don't want to say took him to the next level, but for their from their standards, took him to the next level to where they could compete against Montgomery and Bourbon and be that second team of that district. But um, – you know, like we said, and no disrespect to their three other three teams, but I think if they were honest with themselves and us, they would say that they knew they were playing for second place, you know, from the start. Um, it would have to take an all-out all best effort from you and an all-out worst effort from GRC for them to have lost that district. But um, with that being said, you know, and all four districts talked about, you know, it's, you know, GRC is the number one team in the state, so they are going to be the hands-down favorite of the 10th region. But what kind of performance is it going to take to beat them? I mean, if you think about it. If they're going to win the region, they're going to have to, you know, if, if things go chalk and, you know, we're not going to discuss the entire region tonight, but they're going to have to beat, you know, a Mason and a Campbell or a Mason and a Bracken or a Mason and a Harrison, you know, all, all those teams will be the top teams in the region besides GRC. So they're going to have to beat the best of the 10th, you know, to get to the rep arena. But what kind of performance is it going to take to beat them? That's where I, you know, I had said before the draw, I, I would have just liked to see them draw Bracken first round because I think that would have been your toughest first round matchup. And no offense to the Polar Bears, just something, you know, personally out there then second round they play uh either Campbell or Harrison and then the championship play one of those three as well that way they would have had to have three you know the other three teams in the top four to yeah you know and and I mean the thing with them is like they've played such a tough schedule you can't be like well they didn't really go out of the region and 
I mean, they've played, you know, probably three or four of the top ten teams in the state and haven't lost, you know, obviously in the state. So, I think you're going to have to have a really good shooting night from three, um, and I'm talking double-digit threes hit, at least probably 12 to 15. You're going to have to rebound, somehow get close in the rebounding battle because they're so long, and, and you got to keep your turnovers down. Um, and you're going to have to have a lights-out free-throw shooting performance night. I mean, you got to play perfect against them. And I don't, you know, I don't know if anyone in this region is, is capable of doing that, um, you know, but I, I think, you know, there's three very good contenders for them um, where on any given night, I've seen we've seen crazier stuff happen, you know. You know, like, last year you even think about they were heavy favorites going in. You know, we 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 knew if they got past Mason there in the semis that they'd probably cruise, but that wasn't the case. I mean, they needed a, a buzzer beater to beat Campbell. So, you know, this region is very competitive. It's got really good coaches, and it all it takes is one game this time of year. And heck, you know, maybe they haven't had their worst game of the season yet, GRC, where they shoot thirty something percent and just can't do anything right. I think maybe they said the great crossing game, they didn't play up to their standards. I think they had some early foul trouble too with some guys. Um, but outside of that, I can't really think of a game throughout the season where they had, where they've been like in control, like, or like not, in con- if you know what I'm saying. Right. I mean, well, maybe the game against that South Carolina team, but that's, that was also a top 25 team in the country. Um, good. So. Right. And yeah. I was thinking today, when I was thinking about what kind of – but it seems like Mason, Bracken, two teams like to play the same style as Clark. And I'm not so sure you can play the same style that they play and beat them. I think it's going to be somebody who can play a half-court game, make them play defense for a while, limit the turnovers, because if you if you have live ball turnovers against them, you can forget it. You're getting beat 40. Um it's just, but you know, and I think people are going to, and I, me personally, believe that you know, Campbell County's the team that can probably play and discipline enough to play a half court style offensive game against them to where they can keep it within striking distance and have a little bit of luck. You know, who knows? Um, but you know, I mean, what do you say? How do you slow down a team that can put up 101 in three quarters? I mean, how do you slow that team down? I mean, you don't. <laughs> maybe like that video going around on Twitter where all five are in a semicircle at half court and they just keep passing it back and forth down the line. And uh, I, I don't really know what the game plan is to beat Clark this year because in my eyes, they're clearly the best team. And I know we said last year they were too. And I agree with that statement, but I think this year's team would beat last year's Clark team by 25. Yeah, and I mean, you also factor – I mean, just thinking last region tournament, Mason was up 10 on them at halftime. So, on their home floor, though, but like you said, they're not the same team. It's, it, I don't I don't think that's a fair comparison because not when you have, you know, Sam Parrish and Tanner Walton added to that mix. And, yeah, they did lose Jared Wellman, but, I mean, I, I think Walton is probably equals that out. And then you had, you know, Parrish as well. So And I'm thinking Walton – Walton can probably do everything Wellman did. 
Yeah, um, Wilburn was, you know, a very streaky shooter. Once he got going, though, and you had to watch out. Uh, he was a Walt, good, he's a good rebounder, too, but I think, Walt, like you said, Walton's probably just as good as a rebounder. Walton's so strong on the offensive boards that he gets a lot of easy buckets. He can also knock down the perimeter jumper. So, I think those two are probably a wash. And then, you know, like you said, adding Sam Parrish, who averaged 20-plus a game at Tate's Creek last year, you know, and obviously Sam's had to take a lesser offensive role this year, but he's been playing very well as of late. I mean – They've but got I think I, you, you made a good point with the guards, though. Like, it's going to have to take really good guard play to, to beat them. And maybe you can somehow slow the game down and work your one four type offense deal and find mismatches. But with them, it's so hard to find that mismatch. Because, well, I was thinking, you know, what I was thinking out, you know, Aiden Hamilton's a six three, six four guard. Right. How is Sloan and Parrish going to match up with him? Okay. Well, you might I, put Morton on them. That's what I'm saying. They've got a lot more versatility at Clark, but um, I still feel like, you know, they're, they're going to have to find somebody they can guard. And, you know, Cook will figure it out. You know, he's done a great job this year. Um, very easily could also have been coach of the year in the 10th. Um, just by what he's done, you know, and I know a lot of people say, well, I could coach that team and have the same record. Um, that's easy for us to say. Um but if you watch them play, it's obvious they're not just rolling the balls out and, you know, scrimmaging. Those guys are getting better every day. And, you know, he also has a, the depth of where they can get better at practice. You know, he's got 10 guys at least that can get out there and play and make each other better. But um, it just, it's going to be a fun 10th region to watch just to see all the different styles and different things that, um, you know, teams throw at Clark to see what works. You know what I'm saying? So, GRC Robertson, um, you know. What's the first game of that day? Is that Mason Brossert? Mason Brossert. Um, so, you want to talk about that one first? That's whatever you say. You you go by with whatever you want. All right. I just figured we were segueing in with GRC just to make it easy. Um, and obviously, Robertson, a, a good – I think a good season for them to get to this point. This, was, I think, was a goal for them. You know, obviously, they wanted to win a district title and compete and play well in the All-A. Um, I wish they could have had that all a game back. I think if, if we're reflecting on their season, you know, they, it was like a one point game late with two or three minutes to go and they didn't score uh, the final, I think two or three minutes or maybe had one point and got outscored eight, one the final minute or two. And, you know, I'm just talking about season goals for them because obviously this game is, is more of a, I think Aaron Massey had a joke for me, you know, last time he was coaching and uh, he, he, this isn't the first time he's faced a potential uh, state champion uh, when he was coaching against Mason County, I guess in the region they drew, they drew them. Deming drew Mason County. Uh, one of those years when Mason County was number one. I don't know if that was exactly 2003. You might be able to fill me in more, but it'll be the second time he's played a number one team in the state. I just think, uh, you know, I, I think the question in that game is who, who guards Justin Becker. I, I'd love, I'd love to see Jerome and Justin go at it maybe for a quarter or two, just to kind of see, um, the top two players or top couple players in the region. Um, but obviously when Jerome goes to the rim, uh, I don't know if there's much resistance. Uh, don't get me wrong. Brady Boyd's a tall kid, but you know, Jerome's a, a division one basketball player and you know, where Justin gets to the rim and Trent Edwards or <laughs> Tanner Walton's there waiting for him too. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, I think it's, again, it's another, maybe one of the pick, pick a number type games. Um, I, I think Cook will, um, you know, get his guys going early, um, try and get his 
big a lead as early as possible and, you know, start focusing um, on, on what's going to be ahead of them. And, uh, you know, again, it's not me just trying to downplay this game. It's just a matter of how superior GRC is this season. And Robertson, again, a, a nice season for those guys. I mean, you lose six out of your top seven in your rotation or six out of your top or five out of your top seven. Uh, it's it's going to be a struggle, but I thought Justin Becker really um, had a great season. I think he's 25 points shy of a thousand for a season, just to show how remarkable he was this year, and uh, average you know close to 12 rebounds a game. And I, Joshua Pulaski really came on as the season went along. Um, he's been a reliable shooter for them and had a great second half of the season. I thought and Brady Boyd showed flashes, had a couple double doubles here and there, and Jacob Burden as well. So. Um, Good season for those guys, but it's going to come to an end on Wednesday night. And, you know, Clark obviously coming into this thing as a favorite. And I don't think we'll see any Cinderella quite, quite upsets in this one. No, I, I agree. Uh, hard for me to say. I'd love to sit here and get on here and tell you that my Robertson County Black Devils had some magic left in them to kind of, you know, a lot of people use the shock the world kind of quote loosely and, but a Robertson County win here would definitely shock the world. Um, you know, I think uh, Coach Massey, you know, he was the right man for the job. The the amount of time and effort and um, just love, care, and support he's given those boys this year was exactly what they needed. He's done a remarkable job. He got double-digit wins. Um, he got him back to the regional tournament for the fourth consecutive year. And um, other than the all-lay tournament this year, I would feel like Robertson County exceeded expectations. Um, I know people said to me all along that after losing, you know, excuse me, Brandon Dice, Sebastian Dixon, you know, those guys, um, Eli Dotson, and, you know, Plosky decided to come back, and Carter Jefferson, Landon Gooden. It just – after, you know – they saw what all they lost. They felt like Robertson County wouldn't be competitive this year. Um, so hats off to Coach Massey and the job he did. And, you know, to get him back to a regional tournament and, you know, allow Justin Becker the opportunity to end his career at Robertson County in the regional tournament. Um, it'll be a long time before we have another class that can go four straight trips. Um, so hats off to those guys. But um, Clark County will be able to, um, you know, and I think the, the part that's going to make this – seem even worse is, you know, Justin's probably going to have to handle the ball a lot. And once he gets it across half court, throw it to, you know, pass it to someone else. And, you know, he may not be able to get in position to score a whole lot. And just the pressure they're going to put on him full court is going to wear him out. Um, you know, with the, the guard play this year, Robertson's turned the ball over quite a bit, you know, which have led to a lot of easy baskets for the opponents. And um, Justin's definitely going to have to be a point guard and um, – hopefully get the ball to Plosky and Justin get back in position, you know, where they can run their offense to get him the ball in a scoring position. But um, Clark County's got probably an advantage at every position. Um, you know, I think Justin and Drone are kind of a wash. Drone's one of those players, too, who go very easily have won. Um, Coach Association Player of the Year. He also is the type of player that, um, you know, coming back showed him that there was still a lot of skills he needed to work on to be a successful Division One collegiate player. And a lot of people probably wouldn't made that decision, but Jerome did. So um, I definitely feel like he's gotten a lot better this year just by watching. And I was the first to say that I didn't understand his decision of coming back because I didn't know he could get much better. Um, but, 
you know, they've got all the pieces. Like you mentioned, Hampton's seventh, eighth man off the bench has let him in scoring in a couple games this year, um, which I think Coach Cook told us when he was on the podcast that, you know, he may be the best shooter on the team. And that's just hard to believe when they're full of, you know, just offensive juggernauts. But, um, you know, everybody on their team has played well this year. And um, I think this is just going to be, you know, this isn't the first round matchup the other teams in the region needed Clark County to have, if you know what I'm saying. You know, it's kind of like, you know, they get this first round game to where they can pretty well rest guys if they need to and um, can just, they're just going to, you know, they're going to score in transition. They're going to score in the half court. They're going to – their defense is going to lead the easy buckets. It's just, it's just you know, a mismatch on the paper. And, you know, and Coach Massey is my best friend, and, you know, he knows there's no disrespect there. But it's just like, you know, on paper or, or even, you know, on the court, this is just a mismatch at, you know, most positions. You nailed it, man. I mean, I you know, I, I think, again, it's a, a good season for those guys. and. I think Mason Brosser can be a sneaky good first round game. Moving on to that one, um, it was a really good game on February 10th. You know, Mason County pulled away late and won 54 45, but this game was tied 43 all with 145 to play in the game. Um, I will throw a disclaimer out it was senior night. Mason County did start their five seniors. A couple of them maybe normally aren't in the rotation starting wise, so it, it may have altered things early, but. Brosser, you know what they're going to do. They're, they're, this is where their style of play keeps them in postseason basketball games. You know, if, if they can be deliberate on offense, run their stuff, you know what they're going to get on the defensive end, and that's going to be a very disciplined team that takes charges, doesn't let you fill lanes. And if they can keep their turnovers low in this game, I think they can stay in it. But if they struggle with their guard play and Mason County's pressure, this thing could get out of hand quick, unlike the first time. So – I think Mason's going to remember that game to where they, they kind of knew they played kind of subpar. And um, Brosser, where their mismatches are in the paint, David Govan and, and, and Schumacher had a really good game the first time. I think Govan had like 14 and eight, and Schumacher had 13 and eight. So big games for those guys. And it's no secret that, you know, Mason County struggles with post players because they don't have a true, you know, post defender. I mean, I guess, you know, Terrell's most of, most of the time their tallest player on the floor at 6'3, 6'4. You know, Govan six five six six, and he's a load man in the paint. And you know, Schumacher's got some length to him. So those two can maybe get on the glass. And I think the key it really comes down to this guard play. And if Mason County can turn them over, and then that'll, that'll then create some points on the other end. And I, I just think with the way Mason County's locked in, like they are defensively lately, Brosser's going to really struggle to score in this one um, if they can't get paint touches to to the big guys down low. Um, everything you said is correct. Uh, Brosser doesn't score 65 points in a game, so I think Mason County's record of holding teams to under 65 stands. But I think the hardest thing Brosser County is going to have to face is the hangover from getting beat 40-plus in your district finals. Can they bounce back? Any kind of momentum or any kind of confidence that, that they had was it taken away by Campbell County? Because that's like an Augusta Bracken. That's like a Mason St. Pat. You know, those two teams are just like seven, eight miles apart. They got those guys know each other. Some of them are probably friends and hang out with each other. But um, Campbell County just embarrassed them. So will Brosser be able to bounce back from that? Um, I'm going to say no. 
Um, I think that Mason County's guard pressure and Coach Kirk does a really good job of using Julius Booker for some defensive spurts to come in there and really, you know, keep the pace up on defense with Butler and KG and, you know, Terrell's capable of guarding a guard if he has to. I can see barely maybe trying to front Govan or, you know, maybe playing behind Govan or whatever just to kind of make things tough. But I don't know if they're going to be able to score at the pace that Mason County is going to be able to. And this game won't be as close as the nine points in regular season, in my opinion. No, I don't think we're going out on a limb saying we're going to see a Mason County, George Rogers Clark semifinal net the following Monday at 6 p.m. That would be my prediction. I think we're on the same page there, sir. Now let's get to the bottom half. These are Thursday's games. The first two we talked about were Wednesday night games at home, 6 and 745. Campbell Paris, you know, uh, that's the first game on Thursday night. Again, Campbell's are rolling, like we said earlier in the show. Don't see much stopping them right now on this bottom half of the bracket, at least definitely in this game. Um, I think this could be another one of those pick-your-number type games. But, you know, I, I haven't seen Paris play yet this year. It's one of the one of the only 16th region teams I haven't seen play. I was going to plan on seeing them in the All-A, but they couldn't play because they had to quarantine because of COVID, um, which is crazy. We're still, you know, a month, a month later, you know, it's not even – COVID's not even a thought right now. I mean – that's lovely to, you know, just even think about. But, you know, Campbell-Paris, I just think the depth and and size of the Campbells is going to wear down on Paris. And just curious to see, uh, you know, what this matchup brings, really, just because I hadn't really seen the Hounds play. And hopefully, uh, you know, their guards and Ransom and Ashford can help keep them in it and see kind of what what things do from there. But uh, I I don't think it's any secret that, you know, majority – uh, of everybody is going to be picking Campbell. Do you see a remote chance maybe of an upset in this one? No, I really don't. And, um, you know, Paris, I got to see them play um, on video. I actually watched the Robertson-Paris game on a video after Robertson played them. And uh, I was really impressed with Malachi Ashford for his poise and ability as an eighth grader. Um, but – you know, Paris is playing better at the right time of the year, but I don't think there's a team that's any hotter right now than Campbell County. And um, I just feel like with the momentum they're riding right now, I just feel like, you know, this game may be close for the first three or four minutes, you know, just momentum and, you know, come out and, you know, play with a little adrenaline. But, you know, as the game goes on, Campbell County's lead will increase and I think they're going to win this game easily. Hard to go against anything you said. I think it'll be 12 straight for the Camels, and they'll be uh, in Monday's second semifinal. And uh, I think the people that made this decision to to move the tournament to homes will be happy as long as the Camels keep playing because I think they're going to bring big crowds. It'll be kind of, you know, 15 minutes from their campus, and they're going to have a big crowd there, I think, too. So that, that'll be good news for the tournament. And, you know, maybe it'll help kind of fill the crowd out a little bit. And then going to the second game, which, you know, I don't think anyone's denying is the marquee matchup of the of the first round. And that'll be Thursday night at 745 in Harrison County and Bracken County. I'll let you kind of start this one out and see kind of what your prediction is. Um, and I'm not saying I'm going to change it based off your prediction, but I think uh, the first three were chalk and this one, I think it's fair to say it's 
It's probably 50-50. I mean, I really do. I know Bracken did win in Brooksville. I mean, that's that's a home court advantage. They got that one there. Uh, I was at that game, a really good game. They did a good job of turning the breads over. So uh, let's let's hear your thoughts, and then I'll kind of see where we're at. And um, I'm curious to see what you take on this one because I think it's going to be a really, really good basketball game. I definitely think it's the most competitive and best basketball game of the first round. Um, I don't think that's any secret. I think both of these two teams have been top five teams in the region all year long. Um, I think Harrison County went through a little, you know, spell there kind of midway through the season where they lost a couple, maybe didn't play as well. But um, I think they're playing really well right now. I think Bracken County is playing really well right now. I know they lost in the district finals against Mason County. Um, but I think uh, if I remember correctly, I watched that game between um, Bracken and Harrison at Bracken on uh, prep spin, or I streamed it. I'm not so sure if they use prep spin in FHS. I can't keep it all straight now. But um, I remember watching it, and I was kind of shocked that Harrison County didn't use their interior more than what they did. But a lot of that hats off to Bracken County on their guard pressure. I think they turned the breads over a lot. I think they made it a um, a little bit difficult to make those interior passes. But I think J.D. Kendall's playing better right now. I think Richard Harris is playing better right now. Um, I don't think Blake Reed has the game he had in the district finals. I'm not so sure that Harrison County can stop Blake Reed or Caden Reed. Um, but – um, I went with Brighton County in the district finals because I really thought they were the better team. And, you know, Mason County proved me wrong. And Mason County, you know, gutted out that win. But uh, I'm going with Terrence Brooks and the Harrison County Thoroughbreds here in the first round. Um, I feel like um, Coach Brooks is going to make a concerted effort to get Furnish and Richard Harris and Kendall the ball. I feel like they're going to have a strong advantage on the offensive rebounds. Um Bracken County, I feel like, has the advantage in, you know, the guard play with Blake and Caden. I feel like uh, Caden Custer can hold his own, but I think they have an advantage in the other guard spot. I really look for Hinton to shoot the ball really well, come off the bench and knock down some perimeter jump shots. But um, I'm going with Harrison County here. Um, I like Bracken County. I like Coach Reed and what he's done this year. I definitely like Blake and Caden Reed, but I think Bracken County's biggest weakness is their interior play, and I think that's the biggest strength of Harrison County. Although I've also said in the past, I think guard play wins in March. So um, I'm kind of torn here. Uh, I, I, I'm going Harrison County. It's a tough call. It is, man. You know, and Looking back at that first matchup, too, I think the biggest key in that one is Bracken got 17 combined from Devontae Jefferson and Deshaun Commodore. When they do that, when they get two other guys right around that 10-point marker, that's when I think they're at their most dangerous. And, I mean, Blake that game had 19 and Caden had 18. So, you know, they Caden had his average where Blake was kind of a little under his average in that contest. So, I think Harrison presents a tough matchup for them because of their length and, you know, Blake probably having to do more around the perimeter compared to in the paint. And uh, Bracken didn't really shoot that well that game either. They were 37% of the, from the field and three of 17 from three. Where Harrison, they, just, they didn't get much else outside of what Caden Custer was able to do. He had 29 rebounds. He had a big night, but, um, you know, J.D. Kendall had nine, Richard Harris nine. 
you know, Will Furnish only had four in that one where, you know, he's 6'10", and Bracken doesn't have a guy over 6'2 on the roster. So, you just make – like you said, it makes you wonder if they're going to have a concerted effort of, of getting some paint touches early and, and trying to establish that, maybe get Deshaun or uh, Garrett, Reynolds, or Peyton Gilvin in foul trouble or something to where it limits them and kind of makes that rotation that they have even shorter, but – let me also I'm add Bracken. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and say I'm picking Bracken. I, I think Blake Reed really bounces off from that district championship, and there's certain games where that kid's special. And, and I'm not saying he can do it for three three games straight this year, but the way they were able to compete in the region tournament last year against a really good Campbell County team, they're going to be dialed in. They're focused. They're coming off that loss. And Harrison, just there's something about them that's puzzled me this year. They're a really good basketball team. I think they're one of the most. They're, I think they're the second most talented team in this region. I really do in terms of talent from player one through player seven. You know, which is basically your rotation in high school basketball. But they're just, it's just something's missing, and I, and I don't know what it is, but I'm still going to go with Bracken, and I, I think that's just maybe our one small you know, disagreement, but I think this game can go very much either way. And I think it, it goes back to our points. Does Harrison can control the paint and Bracken, you know, get to them with their pressure and, and their guard play. And, you know, what is Blake doing this one? Does he go for 35, 40, or does he, you know, stay at 19? Well, and I'll, um, I will say this, Adam Reed and Terrence Brooks are two of my friends in the coaching business. I will be happy for whichever team wins I definitely think Bracken County has the ability to win, and I think Bracken County could very easily end up in the finals of the region next week. But I also think the same about Campbell and also think the same about Harrison. I think that is one um, one bracket that's kind of evenly – I won't say evenly matched, but a lot of parity in that bracket. You know, somebody put on Twitter, to, you know, that Campbell County got the dream bracket. And I commented that you could say the same for Bracken because Bracken's beating all other the other three teams – that are in that bracket. And the comment was, yeah, but it's not the same Campbell County team. Well, I can make an argument that it's not the same Bracken County team and not the same Harrison County team. Um, but I think one thing, too, we'll look back on for this game here is, um, like I said, I, I can see this game going to overtime. I can see it being a one-possession game. I can see it being very close. But I think the one thing we can also look back on, if I'm not mistaken, the ninth region officials are calling this game. They're calling the whole tournament. They like to call it physical. Is that going to benefit Harrison County or is that going to benefit Bracken County? Blake what, do you, Reed, what, do you, what do you mean call it physical? Like they call it tight or they let No, it they're going to let you play. Okay. They let it get physical, meaning um, they're going to allow a lot of bumping. They're going to allow a lot of contact. Um, uh, well, I've not seen any ninth region games this year. I'm saying from from the past, this is the way the ninth region's called. And I used to hate taking my teams to the ninth region because they would just physically beat us to death and we'd never get to the free throw line. So is that going to – you know, Blake Reed's one of those guys who penetrate. I don't think Harrison County has one guy that can keep him from penetrating, but is he going to be able to get to the line 9, 10, 11 times like he has in the past, or are they going to say play on? And how whoever – Whoever, whoever I believe handles that physicality the best probably comes out on top. And Bracken was 28 to 33 from the line in that first game. I bet you they don't shoot 33 free throws this game. 
Well, now I'll, I'll, I'll add a disclaimer where I think 10 of those were in the final minute where they were up, you know, four to six points in the foul game kind of took place. But I'd be safe to say they don't shoot 23 free throws this game. Uh, well, good. I mean, I like letting let, – let's, let's let them play. I thought so, they did a good job of this last week. So. And I think Blake and Caden can handle that. They're capable. It's like you said, can Devontae and Jashad and Norton and Tully and Garrett Reynolds, can they handle the physicality and can they make down some shots to help alleviate some of the pressure on Blake and Caden? If they do that, Bracken County is going to win. Um, it's kind of like you mentioned with Robertson County. Can the role players help out Blake and Caden enough? Um, I just, you know, I feel like at some point in time, Harrison County's interior play, like I said, they got Kendall, Harris, and Furnish are all three bigger than anybody, anybody Brighton County has. You know, if they all three crash the boards and Custard being a great rebounding guard, um, this game could get, you know, it's going to be close. So you took Bracken, I took Harrison, but I won't be shocked if Brighton County wins. I'm going to be happy for which either of my friends win this game and advances to the final four to face Campbell County. So hey, one of us is going to have bragging rights next week. And, you know, we're well, gonna... you've, ar- you've already rubbed it in tonight. I'm, I'm getting revenge next week. Yep. And then, we'll... and you can bet, you can bet that'll be the first thing we lead off with next week when I win. Well, you get to lead the show off. So I, mean, <laughs> but, no, I, mean, I think that's, that's good. It'll set us up for, you know, next week's, um, you know, region semis and finals, which will be, you know, the following Monday and Tuesday. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just going to say one thing and just going to kind of leave it at this. And I'm kind of tired of talking about it. I'm sure maybe some people are tired of hearing about it. But uh, I'm going to go in Wednesday with, you know, an open mind and um, hope for the best. I just think um, for these kids, uh, the atmosphere to me is just one of the biggest things that you take away from. This is a lifelong memory, man. I mean, the region tournament, you know, I remember my last game of my high school basketball career, and that was nearly 20 years ago. So uh, I, I think, you know, providing these kids the best uh, environment. Um, I, I know the logistics for some might not work out in terms of getting the homes to watch, but, you know, heck, at least watch maybe on prep spin if you can and support these kids. And um, I, I think we're in for some some good basketball, especially when we get to the semis and finals. And, um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's what, it, what it's what some of us might be maybe forget is, you know, this tournament is for the kids and, and an experience for those guys and creating lifelong memories with their brothers. And, um, you know, us us as adults, I think we, we need to treat it that way and, um, you know, just be there for them despite maybe the disagreement of, of where this tournament's being held. And uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, that's, that's kind of the focus that we need to have moving forward this week. Well said. And I'm going to finish with this. And, you know, I'm one that's not going to be attending and, uh, I'll probably watch every game via prep spin. Um, I doubt I'll make that trip, but I will say this. Um, you know, you you hit the nail on the head when saying going with an open mind. If you're going down there just to look for every little thing that goes wrong, just to criticize, I'm sure they'd rather you stay home. And um, it's for the kids, like you said, regardless of where it's being played, it's still the regional tournament. It still has a lot at stake. You're still one of the eight best teams in your region. And, um, Regardless of the venue, I'm one who's been open about my displeasure, but it has nothing to do with homes or the gym. It's more of, you know, just being outside the tent. But if you're going down there just to criticize every little mistake they make or just to say I told you so, then just don't go. You know, don't go. Stay at home and watch it on prep spin like me. But um, 
with that being said, I want to wish, you know, all eight coaches the best of luck this week. Um, congratulations on making it to the regional tournament. I know there's eight other teams in our region that would probably love to switch you places. So congratulations and best of luck and, you know, may the best team win. Yeah, man. I mean, 128 teams, three wins to rup. That's all it takes. <laughs> I don't mean to make that sound easy because these are three of the hardest wins you'll, you'll have to get all season. But looking That's forward to it and, uh, you know, looking forward to – I guess we got about, what, two more weeks of this. So let's stay, stay hot, as you always say. <laughs> well, I figured we'd uh, – once the season's over, we'd get into baseball and softball. Oh, I'm just Ooh. kidding. But, uh, um, yeah, man, I've enjoyed every week and definitely can't wait till we can do it again next year. But, uh, you know, as we say – Stay tuned and stay hot.